The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The Pride to Detroit POD cast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, and it's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. Righteous Felon Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park, and each two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, and each stick has 8 grams. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions and the POD cast, it's going to be good enough for you too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced, all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. For our listeners, we have a special offer for you. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout. Get you 15% off your order. That's POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions preview podcast. It is already week 13, believe it or not. Your Detroit Lions are 8 and 3, I want to say. That sounds right. Uh, and it's Saints week, uh, which is uh, should be an interesting one. It's a, a reunion of sorts for Dan Campbell, Aaron Glenn, and a whole bunch of other people. But we are here to preview the game ourselves, talk about what we think is going to happen, break it down with a uh, very special guest as well. My name, by the way, is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the producer over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online with me, as always, co-hosting this ship. Yes, you're getting you're getting co-hosting duties again on this ship, Ryan. Appreciate you. Uh, Senior editor of Pride of Detroit at Ryan underscore POD. Ryan Matthews is here. It's always good to be promoted. Up and down, so you know? So it's good to be promoted. Yeah, yeah. Top of, you know, on top of the deck, below the deck, wherever you got to get the work in, <laughs> you know? That's right. Speaking of getting in to work, our yes. special guest does a lot of work for all sorts of things New Orleans Saints related. He is a writer at Canal Street Chronicles, of course, our favorite SB Nation Saints blog. The only SB Nation Saints blog. I should just say my favorite Saints blog out there. He also works for ESPN 10, uh, 103.7 in Lafayette. Matt Miguez is here. Matt, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, Really, really. (laughs) There we go. What's going on, guys? Uh, Really happy to be here. Uh, Should be a really fun game between two well, let, let me not say two pretty good teams. It, it, one good team and one team that is 
struggling to find themselves and running out of time to do so. And to be clear, that team that the, the latter team, okay, just want to be yes. clear because some Lions fans would confuse themselves with that second <laughs> team, uh, and I don't think that's true. But uh, but yeah, let's let's get into it. Let's let's start let's start talking about the Saints team because they're certainly different than some Saints teams of the past, and and that starts first of all with with Derek Carr, the quarterback. Um, first year there in New Orleans, signed a big four year, hundred and fifty million dollar deal. How's that going? You know, to be honest, not great so far. Um, you know, you, you look at his numbers right off the bat, 2,535 yards. It's an average of about 220, 230 a game. That's not awful. Uh, it's not otherworldly either. Um, and, and, you know, you just look at the way that he's kind of progressed coming into this offense. There's clearly a, a disconnect between him and his receivers between him and Pete Carmichael. And, you know, it happened through the first five or six games and you thought, okay, well, it's still early. He's still trying to adapt to the new system, get used to being in new Orleans, you know, whatever. But now here we are in week 12, week 13, and it's still happening. Um, So the, the saints have to figure out, you know, what's going to work with Derek Carr because he's not going anywhere anytime soon his dead cap this year is 60 million dollars um so and his his contract is avoidable until 2027 so you're you're kind of stuck um so you're gonna have to figure out a way to make that work whether it is a offensive coordinator change whether it is a head coaching change whatever has to happen in order for Derek Carr to feel more comfortable and be able to play at his best the New Orleans Saints have to do that in order for this marriage to work, because right now uh, you, you need couples counseling already. <laughs> yeah. And, and speaking of couples counseling, I know that there's a, a soundbite and a, and a clip that's kind of making its way through Twitter about, you know, Derek Carr and the struggles that the uh, the Saints offense has had in the red zone. What What's really to blame there? Like, how much is it, you know, on Derek Carr? How much is it on, you know, coaching staff, rushing game? So I'll. Just to add salt to the wound of the red zone inefficiencies, in their three games against divisional opponents, the Saints have had 32 total possessions. They have scored twice, scored touchdowns, touchdowns twice. Um, Both came in the same game against Carolina, and both came by a player who was no longer on the roster in Tony Jones Jr. Hmm. So nobody on the Saints currently has scored a touchdown against the divisional opponent this year. Just goes to show you. Um, And, and, you know, today, general manager Mickey Loomis, who I have a ton of respect for, Mickey Loomis has built the New Orleans Saints as they are today, you know, things of that nature. But when he was asked about the red zone woes today, he started spewing stats about how, oh, you know, well, the Saints are top 10 and getting into the red zone. Well, bud, that doesn't matter if you don't score. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Um, you, you get into the red zone five or six times against Atlanta. You end up settling for field goals on every single one. You throw a terrible interception to Jesse Bates that he takes to the house. Um, you just haven't played very well inside the 20. Um, I heard somebody say today that Derek Carr has been great at moving the football between the 20s. Uh, but inside the 20s, it is it has just not been 
very good. Uh, so I don't know, you know, what that is because you have weapons. Michael Thomas has has been proven to be a top receiver in the league when he's healthy. Uh, granted, he's on IR, but look, I, I said at the beginning of the season, if Michael Thomas could play 10 games this year, that that would be a success. He played 10 games before he got hurt. So, <laughs> so you, know, you call, it, him. call it what you want. Um, <laughs> Chris Olave is one of the brightest young receivers in the league. Uh, you've got Juwan Johnson, who's a respectable tight end. And then you guys know about Jamal Williams. Uh, but, but where has he been? That, that, that's a question we would all love to know. You're he gets what four or five carries a game, if that, like you're not using him, and it, it makes zero sense. And we'll dive into that part later. Uh, but the red zone woes are incredibly concerning for an offense that on paper has a ton of talent. Well, yeah, let's let's get into some of that talent too, because you you, you mentioned no Michael Thomas, he's going to be on IR. Uh, the receiving core looking a little beat up this week. Uh, Rashid yeah. Shahid. Thigh injury looks like he's not going to play this week. Chris Olave in the concussion protocol. He was limited today, so maybe he has a track to playing this week. So I guess if if you have a feeling on Olave, what's your feeling on Olave? And if he's not going to go, who steps up? Who's I think he could go, um, but will he be 100 percent? Probably not. Um, and, and that's tricky, right? Because when you're when you're messing with a concussion, that's not something that you can ever take lightly. Uh, so. We'll see what Dennis Allen and Mickey Loomis decide to do with that. Uh, but if he does not go, I mean, your your top target from a wide receiver standpoint would probably be A.T. Perry, uh, the, the rookie out of Wake Forest, mm-hmm. who had a third-round draft grade, and the Saints were able to get him in the sixth round. Uh, most people considered that the steal of the entire NFL draft. Um, but again, uh, similar to Jamal Williams, he hasn't been getting used a whole lot. Uh, so maybe this will be an opportunity for him to be featured in the Saints offense. You've also got Keith Kirkwood, uh, who, who's made some plays here and there uh, for the Saints. You've also got Marquez Callaway sitting on your practice squad uh, from the University of Florida. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gets elevated should Chris Olave not be able to go. Uh, but yeah, a very beat up uh, receiving core. Uh, the Saints, if they want to have any offensive success, they're going to have to rely on Alvin Kamara. Uh, this week against Detroit, they're going to have to start using Jamal Williams a, a little bit more um, and, and obviously Taysom Hill uh, because, look, I'd, Taysom Hill is that one guy that teams just can't figure out how to stop. Um, and and, it, and it's crazy to me sometimes because when he lines up in the shotgun, you know what's coming. Right. He doesn't, he doesn't throw the ball. He runs it. Uh, but, but teams still struggle to stop it. So – if the Saints want to have offensive success, they're going to have to get away from the passing game a little bit just because of how beat up the receiving core is and really rely on the run game against Detroit. Yeah, so let's talk about that run game a little bit, Matt, because, you know, by, by some metrics, you know, the, the Saints offensive line, pretty darn good, like eighth in DVO, DVOA's uh, adjusted line yards. They're 15th in ESPN's run block win rate. But, you know, the New Orleans backs are just averaging 3.8 yards a carry and it's tied for 26. Like, is, is it a matter of talent in the backfield that's leaving some meat on the bone when it comes to some of those runs or or maybe some of those metrics for, for their, you know, run blocking a little bit wonky? Well, first off, let me just say that I think 3.8 yards per carry is pretty good. I'm kidding. That's, okay. I'm kidding. That's, okay. That, that's awful. Okay. That's absolutely <laughs> atrocious. No, I'm totally joking. Um, No, you know, I I think part of the big problem here, guys, is Alvin Kamara 
is one of the most elusive agile backs in the league, right? He's one of those guys that you want to throw dump passes to and get him out in space and let him use his, his speed and agility to beat opponents. But the Saints don't do that with him. They like to run him right in between the tackles and, and have him be a, a ground and pound runner, and he's just not built that way. Um, and the the New Orleans Saints offensive line has had some struggles. They, they started, you know, kind of slow this season, and then they got hit with the injury bug. Uh, Ryan Ramchek was out for a little while. Cesar Ruiz was out for a little while. Um, now Eric McCoy's a little bit banged up. Interested to see what he's going to look like this weekend if he can go. Uh, but they've played better over the last couple weeks, especially in pass protection. Uh, but in, just strictly in terms of the running game, I really think the biggest issue for me is the scheme. Uh, I, I have not been a fan of, of the play calling decisions that Pete Carmichael has been making in terms of the running game because you're, you've just become way too predictable. You're not getting to the outside. You're using Taysom Hill, you know, in 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 between the tackles a little too much. You fail to feature Jamal Williams. Um, Lynn Bowden has been a, a nice surprise out of Kentucky when when you can use him, uh, but there's a real running attack issue and could it be that Camara's maybe lost a step and he's getting a little bit older maybe uh could it be that the offensive line isn't as good as the numbers indicate maybe uh Pete Carmichael's play calling I think is a big part of it but really it's a little bit of everything just kind of coming together into one massive problem uh but the Saints for years running the ball was their identity you had Deuce McAllister and, and Pierre Thomas and all those guys. I mean, y- you ran for 200 yards a game. Uh, and the last couple of years, the Saints have struggled to hit those types of numbers. Uh, so hopefully that they can figure out a way to either fix that or make the changes this offseason in order to get back to that kind of identity, because I think that that's been a big problem for them. Yeah, I mean, it seems like that's one of the big philosophies that, that Dan Campbell took from the Saints organization yep. is is that exact thing. And the Lions are are trying to run it for 200 yards every game. But I do I, I really think that matchup is going to be really interesting, really fascinating this week, especially if the Saints are like, all right, we're 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 missing some receivers. Let's lean into the run game because the Lions run defense has been pretty darn good all year. But yep. they're going to be missing a key piece this week with Alex Anzalone out. Um, which probably means a lot of Jack Campbell, probably means a lot of Derek Barnes, Ryan. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm curious as to what you feel about that matchup because, and then you throw Taysom Hill in there and then suddenly like now every Lions fan is panicking because you've got a mobile quarterback and that's something that the Lions have really struggled with. So Ryan, no. I, I, is there, is there any, I guess, consternation with you when it comes to the Lions run defense this particular week? I don't think so. Like, I feel if there's anything I feel confident about this defense's ability to do, it's to stop the run. Right. And I know Alex Anzalone is a big part of that, but um, I, I think Derek Barnes has proved capable of run defense. And and if there's anything that Jack Campbell, I think, has excelled at uh, this year, it, it has been his run defense. Um, now, I mean, hey, <laughs> if you're asking that guy to not go make a, a run defense tackle and go cover Alvin Kamara in space, that might be an issue. <laughs> but um, so, you know, I, I do have confidence in their ability to, to stop the run. But I think we kind of talked about it um, on the podcast uh, with with Eric uh, earlier in the week where, you know, we talked about how that run defense and, and that philosophy and that identity and, and schematically how that has maybe had an impact on their ability to, to stop the, the past. Right. Sure. And, and I think that's the concern with 
Anzalone being out, right? Is is you know, his ability and coverage of the season has been unduplicated by by anybody at that second line of defense. And and as a pass rusher for that matter. Sure. He's yeah. kind of been that that one guy that they like sending on blitzes. So let's let's yeah, let's go back to the passing game a little bit because yeah, I, the Lions have really struggled against um quarterbacks in general. Doesn't matter how good or bad they they are, it doesn't matter how shorthanded they are. The the Packers were shorthanded at the receiver uh position last week and and didn't seem to bother Jordan Love too much. <laughs> um so yeah, I, I guess first things first, the one thing that the Lions have really struggled to do is pressure the quarterback. Um Consistently, you know, you have Aiden Hutchinson, but it doesn't seem like anyone else is is consistently pressuring the quarterback. So, how has that Saints offensive line, through all the injuries, um, done at, at at keeping Derek Carr clean? So, you know, so far he he's only been sacked twenty two times on the year. That's about two per game. Uh, so, honestly, not horrible. Uh, that they've and especially lately they've done a nice job of protecting him. Uh, but you know, I think a big problem with Derek Carr that I've especially noticed now that he's on the team that I watch every single day of the week is he stays in the pocket way too long. Hmm. He takes way too long to make decisions. He is literally there. There are instances where I feel like he's frozen in time because he will sit there and he'll go through his progressions two or three times. And you just can't do that in the NFL because pass rushers like Aiden Hutchinson, like Alex Anzalone, when he's healthy, those guys are going to get to the quarterback. Um, And and there's going to come a point where your offensive lineman just can't hold the block anymore without getting a holding call or a hands to the face call or whatever it may be. Um, So Derek Carr's got to do a better job of of making quicker decisions going through his progressions. And if it's not there, he has the ability to take off running. Is he the fastest quarterback in the world? No. No. But can he get away for, for four or five yards and keep the drive moving? Absolutely. Um, and, and he fails to do that. So I would really like to see the, the Saints kind of, you know, figure out a way to incorporate that part of his game because that's what leads to so many sacks. That would That's what leads to so many of his turnovers. Um, and that's what kills drives for, for the New Orleans Saints. We, we talk about how well they move the ball inside the 20, but once you get into the red zone, they kind of start to struggle because Derek Carr takes too long most of the time to make a decision. Mm. Yeah. So, so Matt, I, I guess maybe kind of looking at the saints offense and where, where it's had its pitfalls and, and where maybe it's, it's had its successes in, in, you know, in bits and pieces here and there, like going up against this lion's defense, what's something that you're looking for the saints to, to do this week. And, and what's something that you're kind of worried that they might struggle with. Is it a cop out for both answers to be score points? No, it's not because okay. that's pretty to, important to winning football games. I want them to score points. Um, you know, you, you look at it, they, they score 15 points, but it's because your kicker kicked five field goals. Uh, you, you failed to find the end zone against a, your bitter rival. That's just unacceptable. Um, so, yeah, I want to see this offense be able to cash in in the red zone and put points on the board. But at the same time, like you mentioned, I'm afraid that they're not going to be able to do it again. Uh, just because, especially now, it's going to be even harder this week because of how many people you're going to be missing due to injury. Michael Thomas is on IR. Alvin Kamara is a little bit beat up. Chris Olave is probably not going to play because of a concussion. 
Rashid Shaheed has already been listed as doubtful, I believe, with that thigh injury. He's unlikely to play. So you're you're missing weapons all over the place. So can Jamal Williams step up against his former team and play well? Uh, can the Saints find a way to incorporate Jimmy Graham in, into the offense, who has been an absolute non-factor? Um, you know, how does that look this week when you return to the Superdome for one of three straight games against the Lions? The the Panthers and the Giants. Those are three winnable games. Now the Lions is the least winnable of them, but the Saints should finish this homestand seven and seven. Uh, and if they don't, there's going to be a serious problem. Um, but it, it's got to start Sunday by putting points on the board, um, staying consistent with your drives, both offensively and defensively. Don't let the defense, you know, stay out there for 11, 12 plays. Uh, like I've noticed Detroit likes to do. You you guys like to run long drives and methodically move the football down the field. Um, you, you've got to limit that if you're the Saints defense. And we'll dive deeper into that, uh, you know, a little later on. But definitely, uh, you know, take advantage of opportunities when you're in the scoring zone to, to cash in and put points on the board because points are going to be hard to come by in this one. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to flip the script. We are going to talk about that Lions offense going up against the Saints defense. When we come back here on First Bite, we'll be right back. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And we are back here on First Bite with Matt. I'm sorry. Yeah, Matt Miguez of Canal Street Chronicles. Uh, we talked about the Saints offense going against Lions defense. Now let's flip the script. Let's talk about the Lions offense versus the Saints defense. Uh, and much like the uh, the Lions themselves, the Saints defense really seems to be a tale of two halves. Uh, started out really, really solid. Not so much in the past five or six games. In fact, 16.0 points per game allowed in the first six games. That is all the way up to 25.2 in the last five games. So what happened, Matt? Why why the fallout? So, you know, it, it's really interesting when you look at it, right? Uh, you look at those 16 points per game through the first six games, and it's a little skewed, honestly, because you look at it, you gave up 15 to Tennessee, you gave up 17 to Carolina, give up 18 in, in that horrible loss to Green Bay that I still have nightmares about. Yeah, I'm um, not happy about that one either, Matt. 
Right. I, I, I can about imagine. Um, <laughs> but then but then you shut out New England, which I mean, it's it's New England, but that, that's going to skew your average because right. you you zeroed them. Um, but look, you're, you're absolutely right. The defense played really well through the first, you know, six weeks of the year. And then things have kind of fallen off um, through the first eight games. I believe they led the league in turnovers. And over the last couple of weeks, they've really struggled to get turnovers. I know Tyron Matthew had two against Atlanta on Sunday, but, you know, that Minnesota game, you you didn't really force any turnovers. Um, So I would like, you know, when you're looking at the Saints defense, it it really starts up front. Uh, Cam Jordan, as much as who that nation loves him, franchise leader in sacks, uh, great guy in the community, you know, all this stuff. You can tell that he has taken a major step back uh, this year. Um, he, he just has not played very well and you're starting to see the issue with letting Trey Hendrickson walk away three, four years ago. Right. Um, you, you let him go get a bag in Cincinnati and he has played phenomenally for the Bengals, uh, and, and Saints fans kind of sit here now wondering why the hell did you ever let that guy walk out? Um, Alex Angeloni, kind of the same thing, uh, a lot of people didn't like what he was doing in New Orleans, but he was so young when he was here. There was there was so much potential and so much promise there, and you just let him go. Um, but a bright spot has been Carl Granderson um, up in the middle. You know he's he's really made some things happen. I want to say he's up to six sacks on the season. Uh, Brian Brissy, the rookie first rounder out of Clemson, has had some bright spots as well. Uh, so highs and lows uh, with, with the Saints defense, but the last couple of games just giving up, just giving up too many points. You give up twenty four to to Atlanta. You gave up twenty seven to Minnesota. You gave up twenty seven to Indy uh, in that win, and then you gave up thirty one to Jacksonville. Uh, look, it, it's not a recipe for success in the NFL to have to score thirty plus points a game in order to win. Uh, so, so the defense has to figure out a way to get that point total down or else that five and six record that we have right now is going to turn into seven and 10 real quick. Yeah. So Matt, does, does it really seem like the saints have a kind of set list of priorities of, of, of things they want to accomplish on defense? We kind of talked about it, you know, in the first segment with the lions, like, you know, they, they want to stop the run. They want to stop the run. And sometimes it almost comes to a fault uh, of defending the pass what's kind of their identity on defense? Like what, what can they stake their claim to? I know, like you said, they have a bunch of veterans, right? I mean, they got Cam Jordan, they got Demario Davis, like they have guys, but it's like, maybe they're starting to lose a step. Are their priorities kind of falling? Are they falling into a trap because of what they used to be able to do really well? They can't do so much anymore. I think the whole team is kind of falling into that. Uh, But the defense, absolutely. Um, You know, you're, you're relying on these older guys, you know, you brought up Demario Davis, um, Tyron Matthew back in the secondary, um, Cam Jordan, and, and these guys just aren't the same players that they were three, four, five years ago, right? They're in their, they're, they're starting to cre- creep into their mid thirties. Their bodies are starting to shut down on them. Um, you know, they're they're just able to have the same impact on games that they had over the last couple of years. And the problem is, is that the way the Saints defense is designed right now. You need them to, because who else are you going to turn to? Um, especially now that Marshawn Lattimore is on the IR, like who who is going to be that guy 
for, for your Saints defense. Um, Alante Taylor has been a bright spot uh, in his second year out of the city, uh, playing that kind of nickel corner spot. Uh, Paulson Adebo's had a really strong third season after a really bad second year. Um, Marcus May has shown, you know, flashes of, of brilliance over the last couple of weeks. But yeah, the, the defensive identity, to be honest, Ryan, I, I don't know that I could um, because, you know, the, it, there's games where, you know, really good at stopping the run, but then they give up 250, 300 in the air. And then there's games where they completely shut down the quarterback, but their running backs are gashing you. So it, it's kind of mix and match depending on, on the game plan, depending on who you're playing against, which sometimes can work for you, but sometimes it, it really comes back to bite you. And I think you're seeing a lot with this year's Saints team. And, and it's really concerning because you have a defensive-minded head coach. You basically have a second defensive coordinator. Your defense has kind of been outfall the last couple of weeks. Sound sounds like an LA Chargers type of situation, and, and that's, mm, that's yeah, that's, that's coming totally. from that's coming from a Brandon Staley fan. So uh, I feel you. Um, but yeah, I, it, it's tough because you kind of just tackled it there. But to me. You know, I always like to jump into the advanced metrics and, and and try to figure a team out before I even jump into the film. And when I look at the Saints run defense, I don't know what I'm looking at, because if you look at EPA allowed, they're sixth. If you look at DVOA, they're 22nd. You look at yep. yards per carry, they're four, four point six is 26th. Yep. So is it just is it crazy inconsistent week to week? Are they more bad than good? Are they more good than bad? Wow. How do, how do you see this run defense? Because, again, this is what the lines are going to try to do on Sundays. They're they're going to want to run the ball. It's just crazy inconsistency. Um, you know, when when you played the Colts a couple weeks ago, yeah, you won that game. Uh, but but Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss thrashed you. Mm-hmm. you. You gave up. You gave up. I want to say you gave up 190 rushing yards as a team that game. You just can't do that. Um, and then there's been games where, you know, you play against the Bears or or you play against the Falcons and they don't thrash you as much from a ground game, but they find ways to beat you in the air. Um, and it's one of the things where the, the crazy inconsistency has kind of lost you some games, um, especially that, that Green Bay one that we brought up earlier. I mean, it's 17 to nothing going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. How do you lose? Like that, that doesn't make any sense i i turned the game off i said look we're up 17 i've got other things i need like we're good no uh so it's just that that inconsistency has kind of been the kryptonite for the saints and i think it's because it's it's the two extremes right you have the super old vets or you have the super young inexperienced rookies there's no in between. So I think the Saints, and I hate the term rebuild, um, but but I think the Saints kind of just need to retool a little bit. Do right. I told somebody this the other day. I think you should do right by Cam Jordan. I know he doesn't want to leave. I know he loves the Saints. Um, but see, see if he wants to go get a ring. See where you can to get him a ring before he retires. Same thing with Demario Davis. Like see see what you can do in order to get to get those guys you know in, in better position because my thing is this if you are transparent with the fan base because I don't know if you guys seen on Twitter 
but the Saints fan base is really frustrated right now. Um, a fan base is going to be a lot more patient with you if you are transparent with the fact you were going through a retool, a rebuild, right? Um, but but if you're hiring from within and you know keeping all these guys from when your Super Bowl window was open because you think you're just a piece or two away when you're not, that's when the fan base gets frustrated. And that's what you're seeing right now with the Saints. You, you hire Dennis Allen to keep the continuity from the Sean Payton regime. You, you bring in a quarterback that's, let, let's be honest, he's very similar to Drew Brees. Uh, he's not as good as Drew Brees was, but he's similar players, right? right. And so you're, you're trying to kind of keep that rolling when in actuality, I think the Super Bowl window for the Saints closed probably three years ago. Um, so it's just, uh, you know, you got to get younger. You've got to get, you know, a little more experienced at the same time, which I know kind of contradicts itself, but, um, the saints just have some major fundamental issues that there's only one thing that will fix them, but I don't know if the saints are ready to go through it. Mm. Well, so so Matt, one thing that New Orleans defense can do is they they force turnovers, man. Yep. Like they've they've forced twenty turnovers this season. And uh, Jeremy, I know he's got something coming to your inboxes tomorrow if you uh, subscribe to the Pride of Detroit Direct. But uh, if you want to talk turnovers, right? That's been the you know uh, it's been the bugaboo for the Lions' offense the past couple of weeks. So yep. um, how how much of that, Matt, has been like? sustained like over the course of the season consistent i know that's a word that you keep on using like have the saints been consistently able to force turnovers or do they seem to come in bunches maybe or or were a bunch of them against the patriots when they you know shut them out so it, it feels like it comes in bunches because you look at the uh the chicago game a couple weeks ago where you won 24 to 17 believe it or not the Saints forced five turnovers in that game Tyson Bajan threw four interceptions that day. The problem was that of those five turnovers, the Saints scored zero points. You didn't score a single point off of those five turnovers. Um, So, and and yeah, you know, you look at the the game against New England, you were able to force a couple turnovers. Mac Jones threw two picks. Uh, You got two picks on Sunday against Atlanta. So they've kind of been spread out, but then there's also been games where they've come in bunches. I mean, just those three games, that's half your picks for the season right there, or that's half your takeaways for the season right there. Um, So, but the thing with the saints that's been so interesting, especially defensively is the way that the secondary has played. That's probably been the bright spot for your team. And at least for me coming into the season, that was one of my big question marks. You know, because Paulson Adebo had such a bad sophomore season last year. He was awful. What was he going to look like in year three? Elante Taylor had a great rookie year, very similar to what Paulson Adebo did. You know, was he going to slump in his sophomore season? Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, you know, could he stay healthy? Could he be the leader of this group? Tyron Matthew as the veteran presence. Marcus May coming in. He had a bunch of off-the-field issues you know, kind of there, there were a lot of storylines to look at uh, with, with the Saints secondary. So it was, it was a big question mark for me. But then they've actually probably been the bright spot of this group. Um, and, and, yeah, they've done a really nice job of forcing turnovers, like you mentioned. But 
and this is this is no fault to the defense. I've got to see the Saints capitalize on those turnovers because five turnovers against Chicago, but zero points. Like you're not you forced five turnovers and still could have lost the game. Like Chicago had the ball with two minutes left and had the opportunity to go tie it. And, And things like that is what keeps you up at night as somebody who covers this team, because it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. Um, so yeah, the, the turnovers have been a positive spot, but it's kind of hard to be super hyped up and happy about it when the team as a whole hasn't been able to take advantage of them. Really quick before we we move to our prediction, um, you, you mentioned the secondary and how they're, they're maybe playing above expectations, but Marshall Lattimore on IR, yep. Marcus May didn't practice today, dealing with a shoulder injury. If if May doesn't play, and obviously Lattimore won't. What's your level of confidence in that group going into the Lions game? I'm still confident because um, you got Alante Taylor. You've got Paulson Adebo. I like what I've seen out of Jordan Howden, uh, the rookie out of Minnesota. He's had some big moments. Um, and, and then there's a young guy that, that a lot of people probably don't know his name. His name's Isaac Yedem. Uh, He's been mostly a special teams guy for the Saints. Uh, but he's he's shown up big in some moments this season. So he's there if the Saints need him. Um, he's more of a corner, so I could see him probably filling in Marshawn Lattimore's uh, spot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm confident that they're going to be able to to kind of make things interesting for Jared Goff. But you guys have so many weapons. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamison Williams still, you know, kind of emerging. And then a, a guy, we, we haven't even talked about this yet, but the Saints have struggled over the last year or so to stop tight ends. Hmm. And Sam Laporta yeah. has been incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Um, so look, Dan Campbell, I don't know if you're listening, but throw the ball to Sam Laporta like 15 <laughs> times a game and you're gonna win. You you will win on Sunday. Um, because the Saints just cannot stop tight ends. They have not been able to stop tight ends this year. Um, and historically, they've done a nice job of that defensively. Uh, but but this year has just been a completely different story. So Sam Laporta is kind of my X factor in this game. Uh, how how are the Lions able to get him involved? Uh, because if he can get, you know, eight, nine, ten catches for 100-something yards and a touchdown or two, the Saints are in big trouble. Sure. I'm sure you don't have to convince Dan Campbell too much to to use his rookie tight end <laughs> right. too much. Uh, but let's uh, I, this this perfectly kind of leads into the the one thing I think I know, which is our prediction segment where we make predictions, not necessarily of the winner or loser, but just one thing that we think is going to happen on Sunday. Ryan always kicks us off, and this week will be no different. Ryan, what is the one thing you think you know about Lions Saints? Oh boy. The one thing that I think I know about Lion Saints, um, you guys know this, like we don't, we don't, you know, go through any like rehearsals or anything. So like Matt totally stole my Sam Laporta. Um, <laughs> my you can just, no, you can just, uh, it wasn't necessarily a prediction for Matt. No, 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 no. It wasn't. It was a good piece of analysis from Matt. Yeah. Um, uh, but let me just stick with it then, I guess. Um, I'm going to say that. No, scrap it. it. Scrap it. No, okay. no, right. no, no, no. Shifting. Ready? Here we go. Lions yeah. pass rush. Uh-huh. Um, I think they're going to sack Derek Carr four times. Oh. Wow. Look, a, I'm, not even, I'm not even going to lie. I wouldn't be surprised because 
Aiden Hutchinson, man, he's one of those players that he can he can just flip a switch and have two sacks in a game. Yeah. Um, and would I be surprised if that happened this Sunday? Absolutely not. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Derek Carr I, feels like the first quarterback this team has faced that's been relatively immobile. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think the other thing, though, too, like, yeah, Aiden Hutchinson, but I'm feeling a little only McNeil this week, too. Oh, OK. A little interior pressure. That'd be nice. Have a two or three sack game from him. That yeah. would be I mean, listen, I, that group has to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, right? They've been under fire in the media. They've been under fire by yep. fans. Yeah. Um, crazy and consistent. So if if there's an emotional aspect to performance, um, they certainly have that on their side this week. But Matt, I'm going to throw it to you next. What is the one thing you think you know about Lion Saints? Blake Groupie will kick two field goals. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's kind of injured though, too, right? He's limited. Yeah, he's he, he's a little banged up. They uh they actually signed Austin Siebert. Oh, that's uh, to right. The practice squad, former Lion. Um, so we'll uh we'll see how that works out. But if okay, if Blake Groupie <laughs> plays, he kicks two field goals. I'm not gonna say he makes two field goals. He oh. kicks two field goals. <laughs> Um, look, I love Blake Groupie. Uh, I was I was a fan of keeping him over Will Lutz. Uh, I advocated for that in the preseason. Uh, I, I know people are mad that he's had a couple of games where he's missed one or two kicks, but for the season, he's still hovering about 80%. And for an undrafted rookie free agent, I'll take 80% in his rookie season. Like I, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, but yeah, he he's been kicking just a, a little too much. I think that continues on Sunday. Um, and also, if I can add a second one. Yes, um, love it. Jamal Williams will have double-digit touches. Okay. I like that. And will have you know double-digit touches. I'd be happy for him, honestly, because uh, we, we, all, we all stand for Jamal. He's been on our podcast a couple times. He's also just an incredibly nice and humble dude. Yeah, he's um, great. So, yeah, let's 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 give Jamal a game and don't give him the win, but let's give him a game. <laughs> uh, the the one thing I think I know is that the Lions are going to come back and hang 30, at least 30 on the Saints. I feel like I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Matt, if you're listening on the podcast, Matt just gave a very pained face. But I, I, I look, you know, we, we, we pointed out how the, the, the Saints defense has, has struggled as of late. And I think part of that, it's not just the fact that they're they're going in the wrong direction. It's it's that they're starting to play like Jacksonville's a good offense. It, I wouldn't call India a good offense, but they hung thirty eight. Chicago's not a great offense. They hung twenty four. Minnesota's not a great off or twenty seventeen against Chicago. Uh, twenty seven with Minnesota. And so I'm just looking at this Lions offense. They're they're also going to come into this game with a chip on their shoulder with you know seven turnovers in two games. I don't know. I think the turnover thing is a little bit fluky. I know New Orleans forces a lot of turnovers. Um, but the, the, the only way this team is, is turning the ball over is if their offensive line struggles. And again, another chip on your shoulder game for, for the offensive got humbled by the Packers defensive line. You might have Jonah Jackson back, which means your, your offensive line is fully healthy for just the third game this season. You keep Jared Goff clean. You should be okay in this game. So I think the lines hang 30 on the saints this week. All right. Before we get out of here, Matt, I always want to give our guests an opportunity to promote their stuff, where they can find you, what sort of content uh, is available out there for for Lions fans, for Saints fans. Uh, so the floor is yours, Matt. Where where can they find you? 
So you can find me on Twitter at MiguezMatt. Um, of course, you can find my work with Canal Street Chronicles at CanalStreetChronicles.com. And if anybody in the Detroit area is a fan of LSU or the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns, uh, Tracy Walker, by the way, for yeah. Rage and Cajun. That's um, right. I, I love Big T, but uh, <laughs> if you if you care about them at all, you can head to ESPNSouthwestLouisiana.com and catch my stuff there. There you go. All right, Matt. Really, really do appreciate you hanging out, talking some football with us. Uh, we wish you as much good luck as it takes to to lose by one point. Right. <laughs> Guys, I appreciate you having me on. Um, n- next time the, the Lions and Saints play, let's do it again. Sounds good, man. All right. Before we get out of here to you, listener, uh, a last reminder here that we are getting towards the end of our Movember campaign where we are raising money for the Alzheimer's Association. Uh, we're also raising money for the Humane Society. That auction ends this Thursday, right around midday. So if you want to get on, on some of our auction items, head to uh, uh, PrideDetroit.com. I'll have the auction item post right at the top of the page. Make sure you get on that. And then on Tuesday, December 5th is going to be our all day charity marathon stream on twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit and youtube.com slash at pride of Detroit. We're going to have a ton of awesome guests. We're going to talk Lions football all day. We're going to write on our face. We're going to crack eggs on our head. We're going to eat gross stuff all for the name of charity. So make sure you're there. We want to try to break last year's record, but until then for Ryan, for Matt, for everyone listening at home, it's chaos. Be kind. to Detroit POD cast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, and it's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. Righteous Felon Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park, and each two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, and each stick has 8 grams. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions and the POD cast, it's going to be good enough for you, too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced, all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. For our listeners, we have a special offer for you. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout. Get you 15% off your order. That's POD15 at RighteousFelon.com.